Welcome to Proven Improbable. My name is Maurice Jackson, and I'm joined today with the President, Director, and CEO of Marisol Resources, Mr. Stephen Nano. Sir, thank you for joining us today. No problem. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Marisol Resources is a um, project generator company. They're domiciled out of Canada, and um, they do generative exploration out of Chile and Argentina. And before we begin, I'd like to just read a quick bio on them. Uh, Marisol Resources is a successful, well-funded project generation company focused on building shareholder wealth via discovery of high-value precious metal deposits. Marisol leverages value and manages share dilution by building strategic resource partnerships with quality precious metal producers to advance exploration and development of its projects. Marisol has built a project bank of district, uh, district scale gold, silver, and copper properties focused in the metal-rich mining regions of, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, Atacama. Is that correct, sir? That, that's exactly right. All right. Northern Chile and Santa Cruz, southern region, Argentina. Marisol has applied a unique combination of leading-edge exploration technologies integrated with an internationally recognized exploration team to advance these projects to drill stage prior to joint venture. This approach allows the company to deliver its partners' projects with a higher potential of discovery and to leverage strong joint venture deals for benefit of Marisol shareholders. And I'm going to expand this here slightly further. Uh, Marisol is executing, ex executing on its business model by leveraging its project bank of properties into strong joint ventures. This is exemplified by the recently announced deal with Yamuna Gold for re Marisol's Corbet Belt projects that includes the highly prospective Atlas and Titan Gold projects in the prolific mineralized Miocene Age. Is that correct, sir? That is correct as well. Gold Belt of Chile. Under the terms of the agreement, a drill discovery in the Corbet Belt will deliver to Marisol shareholders a 25% funded to production position in a discovery or at Marisol's election, the choice to convert a portion of the project equity into a royalty. And as we move forward here, I'd just like to introduce our speaker here, Mr. Stephen Nano. Uh, what a great resume you have, sir. Uh, Mr. Nano is the CEO, director, and founder of Marisol has over 25 years of exploration and management experience throughout the Americas and Asia Pacific, working with large precious and base metal mining companies. Mr. Nano has a wealth of experience in project generation, exploration, acquisition, and mining in both senior management and technical roles, and has managed exploration teams over a diverse range of geographic and cultural environments. He is regarded as one of the frontier explorers of the Santa Cruz Epithermal Province in Argentina, where he has played a leading role in a range of gold and silver discoveries. Mr. Nano, thank you for joining us. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> well, I wanted to cover that because sometimes when you introduce a company, uh, you, you you look back at it, at what you missed. And I think it really is, is imperative for a prospective investor to really know something about the company. Sometimes we just look at numbers, but there's more to a company than just numbers, as we're going to find out today, um, as you're going to share the story of Marisol here. Um, as I mentioned in the beginning, the company is domiciled in Canada, and uh, if you would, just share where you're doing your uh, prospecting as we speak. Yeah, look, um, we're, we're really focused now and have since inception of the company been focused in Chile and Argentina, uh, you know, two, two adjacent countries that uh, straddle the and Andes in South America. But we are further focused to specific areas within those two countries. And that, that focus, I think, is part of the, the strength of this company. So 
the two areas where Mirasol is focused is the Santa Cruz province in southern Argentina, uh, where there are a number of operating mines that are, that are actually operated by large-scale international precious metal producers. And we're focused on, on the northern part of the tertiary age mineral belts in Chile and Argentina as well. And um, that stretch of that um, Andean arc is um, e exceptional with the scale of large, uh, large open pitable gold mines and large copper mines that have been discovered uh, in that belt of rocks. So two really highly prospective terrains, uh, terrains where we have long-term knowledge of and terrains where we have had previous exploration success. So. Interesting. And uh, is, am I correct that you have nine projects there in the, in the belt? Is that correct? Um, the, the, the two areas that we're talking about, we, we have um, in, in total over, over 25 projects in both areas. Uh, but if I, if I focus and filter them down, we have 10 of those projects that have drill-defined targets on them, tar targets that are either ready to drill or have early-stage um, intersections in them. That's but, you know, as a project generator, that's a very dynamic sort of number. Um, you filter through those projects, discard the ones that don't measure up, advance the better ones. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're actually um, in, a, in a very opportune time at the moment uh, for a project generator like Mirasol where um, high quality ground is opening up and we're adding to our uh, project portfolio quite aggressively at the moment through open ground pegging driven by you know high quality science um, uh, so we're not buying projects where we're pegging open ground where we think there's a high probability of discovery so adding to the, the project portfolio as, as we go uh, quite aggressively at the moment and you're doing that actually through a process uh, known as generative exploration is that correct yeah look very much so um, and you know Project generators come in um, in many forms and have different takes on that, you know, project generation JV model. But Mirasol is very much driven by a high-end science and, you know, high-quality explorationist. So we use, uh, you know, technologies and um, understandings of the models, trolls and mineralization to select our ground or at least target it and then follow it up with you know high high caliber geoscientists that uh, bring in information onto the ground so often we'll have assay results for an area before we'll apply apply for it the vast majority of our project is built up from these conceptual targets that we follow up in the field and then peg the ground um, as as free ground um, that really gives us a lot of business flexibility when we come to deal with uh, a, a large-scale company that may be interested in our projects. Mm -hmm. What it is that 90% of the time there are no underlying um, royalties or payment to pre-existing property owners. We we own the ground outright, and so we can use that to leverage stronger and a better outcome for our shareholders. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you mentioned that uh, the ownership, are there any reversionary interests? I know you mentioned 100% uh, 
uh, interest, but just want to confirm, are there any reversionary interests that another party may have? For our 100% owned projects at the moment, that means exactly that. They are 100% owned projects that we own all of the mineral rights. And if we choose to negotiate any of the royalties, we do have one um, set of projects that is um, a, a group of properties that we're earning into that does have an underlying royalty on it if, it's, if there's some success there. But um, that's a specific case where we've um, used that uh, deal to consolidate around our Gorbea properties, which are the projects that we have 100% owned uh, under joint venture to you. Uh, so Yamana is earning into those properties. Yes. And uh, you, you mentioned, the, oh, I'm sorry, please. I'm, I'm hopefully that's um, clear enough explanations. You know, it absolutely is. I think uh, that's important to, to understand. I think uh, there's sometimes there's ambiguity that a, a company finds something in the ground, but investors are not aware of a reversionary interest. And that's very good to hear. It's very comforting for me as a shareholder and full disclosure, I am a shareholder, to, to know that there are no reversionary interests on the properties. And that's very, very critical. And we'll, we'll cover that in a, a later blog for, for the listeners on how reversionary interests do affect uh, properties. Um, we've covered prospect generating, but can you kind of focus in and let us know where that model fits in and how it works? Uh, for, for someone that's new into junior mining, where does where do you where does that model fit and how does it work? Look again, what I I won't try and explain the the breadth of how different companies apply that model. I'll just really focus um, on on Mirasol's version of that project generation um, model. What it does um, for for our, for our perspective is we focus on early stage properties and what we do is. Uh, in every case that we can acquire the ground 100% for Mirasol, so all of the rights belong to Mirasol, and we'll invest money to explore those properties and de-risk them uh, via discarding the lesser properties and focus our spend on the quality projects where we think there our, our data suggests potential for large-scale discovery. So what we're effectively doing is when we take a project to a joint venture partner, we're trying to identify projects that have uh, large-scale um, mineral footprints in them, potential for discovery for large resources, so that we can take them to larger companies and negotiate a strong deal. Okay. So what, what, what our strength here is the generative concept work, but also doing cost-effective a focused exploration to define the scale of the potential, define the drill targets, so that our potential joint venture partners can take our information and the scale of the system to their upper management and get support for the joint venture. When they come into the project, what they're doing then is investing the money directly in drill testing the targets. Uh, a lot of project generators will pick a, pro, a peg a project or buy a project and do the minimal work and then try and joint venture it on. Uh, what that's doing is the property is in a much rawer state or an earlier stage. So a lot of the joint venture spend 
goes into trying to define if and where to drill. What happens with our approach is that the, the funds go directly into the drill targets that we've defined so that we're getting very effective, rapid testing of the project. And hopefully, uh, in, if we've done our job correctly, increase the chance of success through discovery. That's such an important process. I believe that um, you know most project generators um, haven't had a discovery. Mm -hmm. uh, few that have may, may have had one. Mirasol's had two discoveries uh, within the history of the company. I, I think that process of filtering and de-risking to focus the, the spend um, has shown to be a successful process and a worthwhile investment for Mirasol as a, as a business model um, because of the delivery of those two discoveries. What is really the exciting thing I think now for Mirasol shareholders or potential new investors is that we, we've done the work to define 10 projects where we think they are, there are walk-up drill targets. Um, our, our job at the moment then is to bring in joint venture partners to test those uh, projects where we've already invested the funds, where they're ready to drill test, and hopefully with successful joint venture deals here, we'll see a substantial amount of drilling being leveraged into those 10 projects over the um, next, through mo uh, next months or years while, while I, I bring those partners in to, to test them. That process started um, on our Ruby project, which was uh, tested by First Quantum um, uh, Minerals early, earlier in the calendar year. It didn't lead to a discovery, but we've, we've used that data to leverage new targets that we're uh, negotiating with an interested party at the moment. But now we're testing our next range of projects with the Gorbea Yamana joint venture, uh, where we're seeing uh, very you know, an aggressive drill program now to test one of the nine projects that are in in that uh, that joint venture. Um, these are these are high quality targets, uh, large systems, uh, lots of indications of gold and silver mineralisation at surface. So they're exciting targets for our joint venture partners to test, as well as for our um, you know the the company, our shareholders to see the results. That's, that's uh, good to hear there. If I may, now let's switch gears to the joint venture. I think this is exciting for, for any prospective investor to understand the relationship that uh, that one has in prospect prospecting and, and finding a joint venture. And you've been successful in finding Yamana Gold. And that relationship, I believe, started back in March. Is that correct? The the announcement for the... Uh, the terms of the joint venture and the, the letter agreement was it was announced in March. Um, the the process to find the right partner is very much a process for us, and we try, you know, not just to match, um, you know, um, financial capacity with our partners to test it, but also exploration ability and match the projects to the company's needs that we're bringing them to. So. Um, we, we were we reviewed we took a, a select number of companies through those projects and we felt that Yamana was both the best fit um, 
from an exploration perspective and also from scale of the projects and their capacity to operate in Chile. So um, the answer is short is yes, we signed the deal in March, but we uh, initiated a pro, pro, process of identifying joint venture partners and negotiating the terms uh, for eight months before that. Okay. And uh, looking at the press releases that you also had um, thereafter from uh, um, looking at CEDAR here, in July, would you like to discuss what uh, occurred in Santa Cruz? Um, sure. So um, we've shifted from northern Chile down to southern Argentina. Um, in southern Argentina, we have a, a number of um, large-scale epithermal gold and silver projects. Um, one of the most exciting ones is called Claudia. And Claudia is a very large project that uh, is directly adjoins um, the uh, Cerro Vanguardia Anglo Ashanti um, Vanguardia epithermal vein field. Uh, this is one of the most extensive epithermal vein fields in the world and has um, a you know, global resource pre mining in excess of 8 million ounces of gold and over 100 million ounces of silver. The Claudia project, which is 100% owned by Mirasol, is, um, we believe, the extension of that system and, and contains also other large, uh, as yet untested, epithermal vein systems that look like the Cerro Vanguardia mining district. Um, the most recent press release on that project um, was uh, to announce uh, a very large vein system there that we've we've now uh, defined uh, called Kurawai. Uh, the uh, Kurawai system is um, primarily covered with fairly thin gravel, um, but that cover has been enough to um, hide it from all previous exploration. So until we recognised it um, recently, there had been no sampling, uh, no trenching, no drilling of that system, even though we're talking about a very substantial vein system, as I said, with over a 15 kilometre long strike length as we know it at the moment. Um, we've done enough work now to confirm the presence of that vein system over that strike length, so mapping, sampling, and where necessary trenching through the cover. And it's, it's confirmed as I said, an extensive gold-silver-bearing epithermal vein system that's never been recognised before and has never been drill-tested. Um, we're uh, actively in the process of um, um, pursuing joint venture partners to get this, this Claudia project and particularly the Kurawai prospect uh, drill-tested. That sounds exciting. The numbers have me excited as we as you're sharing them. <laughs> uh, really, uh, it really, it really is a, a, an impressive system, and and it's one of five separate epithermal systems within that large project. So, this is one of these, um, you know, large footprint, multi-target, big company, district-scale things that Mirasol specialises in. And would you say that this is the the most exciting project of, of the, the projects, I should say, that Marisol has right now is the Claudia or uh, or you? I, I find that, you know, it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, <laughs> we, we have um, 
out of that, that 10, 10 drill ready projects, I would I'd say that five of them are what I would call, you know, large company um, um, systems where there are these, you know, widespread evidence of gold, silver mineralization, multiple drill targets. Um, of those, I would say that um, Claudia and Curva, which are two of the projects in Santa Cruz in southern Argentina, and Titan and Atlas, which are two of the projects in the Gorbea joint venture in Chile, are the front runners. Um, which of those will actually turn out to be the best or the favourite, I guess, depends on drill <laughs> results that we, we hope we'll see soon from uh, a number of these projects. But certainly these, you know, uh, Claudia and Atlas are, are front runners. And speaking of uh, the Titan and Atlas projects, uh, would you like to discuss those a little bit further in detail? Okay, um, look, uh, perhaps to give a little bit of context um, so that um, um, you know, listeners or people that read, read the transcript will understand. Um, so we, we're, we're moving back here into, into Chile, into northern Chile, um, and Chile has a number of, of north-south running mineral belts that have produced spectacular copper and gold deposits. Um, but the most exciting of these belts is the youngest belt. So it's the Maya Pliocene Age belt that you mentioned in the introduction. And it contains um, a range of truly world-class uh, giant open pitable copper mines and giant open pitable high sulfidation epithermal deposits as well. Uh, this mineral belt has, has been the centre of a new wave of discovery. Um, within the last um, 18 months, uh, Goldfields have announced the discovery of a large high sulfidation um, epithermal deposit called Solaris Norte. Uh, its maiden resource has um, approximately 3 million ounces of gold uh, at uh, near surface oxide, uh, 4 grams, fantastic grades, large scale. <clears throat> that deposit will undoubtedly get bigger. And most recently, Barrick have announced in the same mineral belt a new discovery that they call Alturas, um, which they um, are, have announced as something of the scale of a, another deposit they are in that belt called Veladero, which contains in the order of 12 million ounces. So the new Mirasol projects, uh, Titan and Atlas, are projects that they, they aren't resources because we have, have to do uh, the drilling to define whether there is something there, but these deposits lie within that belt and they are both brand new systems that had never before been recognised or sampled before Mirasol had done the, the, the work and the discovery, uh, surface discovery of these systems. So we're looking uh, at, at these Pliocene age deposits at a mineral belt that has a new wave of discovery of high quality uh, projects that have the potential to be mines. And through our work with Position Mirasol's shareholders to have uh, the chance to be part of another another discovery in those belts. Um, they, both Titan and Atlas are high sulfidation epithermal systems, so they're like um, the uh, Solaris Norte and Alturas 
um, discoveries in, in style of deposit. What we really like about both of our projects, Titan and Atlas, is that they have very large surface footprints of gold mineralization. Um, surprisingly so, considering um, that they're um, reasonably, you know, reasonably good access for the mineral belt that they're in. So there is you know, road access to the projects and nobody had recognized um, gold mineralization in these systems prior to our work. Um, <coughs> Titan, um, you know, I'm going from memory here, but we have trench results in there in excess of 100 meters uh, at over half a gram with large intervals within the trenches running gram, gram and a half material of gold, oxide gold at surface. We've drilled uh, some reconnaissance holes into Titan and have in intersections of um, over 18 metres at uh, around about uh, three grams of gold oxide that uh, need follow-up exploration. Um, Atlas, which we is a, a much larger system, um, we have an alteration uh, area there that's over 25 square kilometres uh, at the surface as it's exposed. And in the core of it, we have a six kilometre area where we've identified multiple prospects uh, with very high grade gold and silver uh, at surface from rock chips and uh, trench channel samples. So um, these results include you know, surface samples of up to 50 grams of gold and over half a kilo of silver in some samples um, that um, report right kind of rocks, high sulfidation uh, style uh, mineralization. Uh, trench intersections as well, where we have uh, tens of metres at uh, gram and a half to two gram oxide gold at surface as well. Um, recent work there by Yamana in July, uh, they've uh, just prior, uh, prior to the close of the winter season, the Southern Hemisphere, they did an extensive geophysical survey of property that added to the geophysics that Mirasol had and combined with our previous geochemistry and this ge geophysics defined multiple large-scale drill targets. Um, the recent announcement on ATLAS was the, the start of the new Southern Hemisphere uh, spring program. And at this stage, Yamana uh, is actively drilling those targets on the project. So um, we're anticipating drill results to be feeding through from those drill holes um, over the next month or so, the start of those, and I'll probably a, a flow of information for the next several months while they, they drill and test those uh, initial scout holes into the program, into the, into the project. And that's part of the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is that, that uh, coincides with the press release recently uh, this past week with uh, Yamana drilling seven priority holes, is that correct? Yeah, that's that's right. So, and the, the joint venture is structured so with, the first year of the joint venture, uh, they need to uh, drill a minimum of 3,000 metres, uh, 2,000 metres into Atlas and 1,000 metres into Titan. Now, um, these deals are always structured so they have a minimum amount in it. What we're encouraged by is that the first round of testing that they, that you might have um, scheduled for Atlas is uh, more than double the minimum commitment. Uh, and I stress these are the first scout holes, but talking about a minimum of 
4,000 metre into Atlas alone at this stage has been uh, programmed by your miner um, in, in seven priority holes. Obviously, if there are some indications of success, that program would be expanded. Yes, it's also mentioned, uh, is, is this mentioned, I'm sorry, I should say, in that uh, press release was the expansion drilling of the 30 line uh, kilometers on existing coverage of the deep penetrating uh, IP geophysical survey. So those are important yes. aspects, absolutely. Uh, again, the, the Titan Atlas really has me excited about Marisol. <laughs> you know, put that- Well, look. You, you could, we're, we're, all, we're all here too, holding our breath, but, but these are, you know, very high quality projects that we have, have you know, substantial hope will return some interesting intersections. Well, you mentioned, uh, you said it so nonchalantly, uh, but uh, 50 grams of gold uh, per ton, is that correct? Is that, is that uh, the number you uh, alluded to earlier? Yes, and I look, I, I have to stress that that's, that's the highest grade result that we had, but we have many samples in, in you know, the gram, two, five, 10, uh, 30 grams and up to 50 grams at surface um, in the Atlas Gold Zone, as will be reported in previous press releases, and in a, in a separate um, prospect there called the Atlas Silver Zone, we, we have um, you know, broad indications of uh, anomalous silver over about 50 minutes, so anomalous, I'm talking plus an ounce of silver. But um, individual samples there um, on very sexy looking rocks that are again carrying half kilo silver numbers as well. So there's there's multiple prospect areas within Atlas alone um, that have you know large geochemical and geophysical footprints now from from the combined efforts of Yamana and Mirasol. But it's always reassuring to know, uh, I know that was the best case scenario with the 50 grams per ton, but it's reassuring to know that when you're testing the thesis that the, you find something definitive uh, in high grade such as that, although that's not uh, throughout uh, all of the testing that you've been able to do, but to find that, that, that uh, gives some reassurance definitely to an investor that, hey, we're in the right spot here and we just need to probably, again, uh, get the joint venture uh, moving more aggressively to reconfirm and reassess what's there. So that's uh, very encouraging from a shareholder perspective. I should I won't, I won't yeah. mention that. Well, let's look, um, that's absolutely true. Um, certainly in a time where grade is king um, and you know, high grade components of these systems are, are always welcome. Um, but it's worth, I think, emphasizing that what we're really targeting in Atlas and Titan are the large scale bulk mineable oxide gold systems. Know, of the scale that there are a number of in um, this belt of mineralization that are multi-million ounce systems. Um, and, you know, in those systems in the right configuration and the right tonnage, uh, you know, an average grade of two grams is very attractive. But we're seeing indications um, that, that these systems can also produce a lot higher grade as well. So, um, you know, yes, love high grade, uh, but I'd like a nice big bulk mineable deposit with oxide gold as well. So that would be a, a substantial win for our shareholder. That, and you also mentioned open pit. Uh, open pit to me is for any shareholder, that's uh, that's one reassuring word is when you hear open pit. <laughs> so again, I'm, well, I'm yeah, it's, it's that combination of um, large scale um, production that comes from an open pit and also um, what we're looking for at Atlas is oxide mineralization that uh, 
you know, again, if if we find what we're looking for, um, may may potentially be exploitable through dump leach um, extraction processes. So much lower capex costs uh, and much um, favourable economics for that style of deposit with that style of um, um, you know development scenario. So um, we we have a, a very clear picture on what we're looking for. We've certainly seen evidence that that, that is, is a, a possibility in these projects. And that's, I guess, what Yamana has seen as well and why they've been prepared to do, um, you know, what's a very strong venture uh, with, with Mirasol to access these projects. Well, you mentioned the, the CapEx. Do you believe that the, uh, the joint venture with Yamana Gold um, for the CapEx required do it's with that, the joint venture agreement is that enough to suffice to test the thesis or will for the for the current time being i should say yeah look um the way we've structured the joint venture is that um the there's uh the first earning point is based on a spend um and that first earning point is to 51 percent um yamana uh, will, would need to invest uh, 10 million US dollars to uh, reach that first earning point um, and, and make cash payments to Mirasol as well of $50 million. Once they reach that threshold, the, the second and third earning points aren't spend uh, related. They are milestone related. So to get to 65%, they need to develop a, deliver a 43-101 compliant PEA with um, uh, an ounce hurdle. And then to get to 75%, they need to develop, deliver a 43101 compliant feasibility study with a decision to mine and to provide Mirasol at our request with the funding for our retained 25% equity position. So um, the structure of the deal allows Mirasol to stay in and the spend commitment is really only a hurdle to reach the first 51%. Those other points are deliveries that are independent of the cost to get to that point. Yes, and, that, and if you're looking for that information, we're going to uh, show that to you as well for any of all the listeners. That uh, which Mr. Nell was just referring to the initial um, the press release. I'm sorry, I should say in March uh, provides all the details of the agreement with uh, the joint venture agreement with Yamana. And uh, if we may, uh, just in closing here. Let's talk about the, the share structure. One of the things I always find interesting with a, uh, uh, a project generator is the share structure, and specifically Marisol's, uh, Marisol's share structure. Would you mind covering that? Uh, yeah, look, ha happily. Um, look, um, Marisol uh, has, has been listed uh, for over 10 years now, and one of the things that um, we have um, guarded jealously is the sheer share structure. So um, Mirasol sits at the moment at a, in a fairly en enviable position where we have uh, 42, uh, 44.2 million shares on issue and over $20 million in um, exploration funds. So we've been able to reach this point because we've successfully used this the joint venture model to um, leverage large company spends into our projects. So we're not, we haven't had to go back to our shareholders. 
um, multiple times to keep raising funds to drill test the projects in our own right. We've used our joint ventures funds to drill test the properties and guard our share structure. Uh, the, the strong and positive thing about Mirasol is that you know, we've been exploring since 2012 without raising any capital and we still, as, as I've mentioned, have um, over $20 million at our disposal. Um, that, that funds, those funds came from uh, the sale of one of our previous discoveries and has meant that we, even through a very difficult down cycle in the market, we've been able to guard that share structure and not dilute our shareholders. And where that becomes really important is we have a discovery. Um, it means that on a per share basis, value of any discovery will flow through to each shareholder and to each share to, to create value. Um, and that's a really important thing because it means that both our large and our small shareholders benefit from the discovery. Every, every share that you buy has, will have value attached to it and the potential to, to increase in value through a discovery because the share structure is tied and um, will remain so uh, for some some time with our current burn rate. And, and that's uh, what I find, again, reasons, let me backtrack if I should say, we mentioned reversionary interest earlier, and when you have a tight share structure, as you just alluded to, that's where that, uh, for those that are listening to, uh, trying to understand where re reversionary interest come in, this is where it really would affect you as far as the share appreciation yeah. And what Mr. Nano's conveying here is, is that you don't have that dilution as well. You can have share dilution from Marisol trying to attract capital and increase its debt, or there can be a reversionary interest as well. And that takes away from the shareholders' uh, profit. And in this case, that is not uh, uh, germane to what uh, would occur as the projects proceed to move forward uh, with Marisol. So that is very encouraging to hear, sir. Mom. Glad that you appreciate it. It's, a, it's an important thing for us as well. Obviously, all of the management team here are shareholders, so we're, we're making sure that we, we look after this and, and focus you know, our efforts on discovery because we, we want to bring you know, benefit to the company. and We um, feel that looking after that, that share structure and also um, owning our projects that we do from you know, the, the generative process that we have means that we're maximizing that potential return to everybody that shares in the company. Absolutely. Um, in, in, in closing, from, from, from my perspective here, I am not a trader. I'm an investor. And to me, Marisol, if you're looking at it from a valuation proposition here, really doesn't get any better than this. You have the management, you have the technical expertise, you have a proven track record, you have a tight share structure. You don't have the reversionary interest. Really, really doesn't get any better than this. Uh, if you're a trader, I can't speak on for, for a trader's perspective, but from an investor, I'm, I'm here for the long run. I'll be adding on to my positions. I have no intentions uh, to sell anytime in the near future. This is uh, what I would call almost a, a generational company uh, that I would just continue to have for years. And I, I literally mean for years to come. 
the model makes sense, the management makes sense, and it, it just it's a synergistic relationship. Um, sir, if I may, uh, if somebody had uh, additional questions for you or your team, uh, who should they contact and uh, what's the best way to reach them? Um, uh, either uh, to reach uh, John Toporowski, who's our uh, new dedicated IR person, um, or myself, um, either through the website um, or through our office in Vancouver. But if you um, were to send an email to, through, the, through the contact at the website, uh, you will uh, reach both John and myself and we'll be very happy to, to follow up with, with any questions. Mr. Nano, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to talk to me and, and to hear about Mirasol. It's been a pleasure. Take care, sir. Thank you. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.